This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Good morning and welcome to the show. It is Thursday, uh, April, I believe, the 14th. Is that where we are already? You know how I know that? Tell me more. Because the Kardashians come out on Hulu today. Oh my God. I've been waiting for this moment for so long. I'm so excited for this. Have you seen the teasers? The, the way they're shooting uh, Who it, hasn't seen the teasers? They they're look literally gorgeous. everywhere. I was at a bus stop yesterday and they're at the bus, they changed the bus stop posters mm. to like digital and yeah. it's all the Kardashians. Yeah. They're everywhere. They look fantastic. I was like, okay, when they left E, I was like, okay, I, I'm okay with this. I'm ready to say goodbye. And then yeah. I was like, three minutes later, I'm like, where are the Kardashians? And now they're back today well, on Hulu. So I will say that April 14th sounds exciting because I booked a, have you ever done this? I booked a, an appointment with the psychic like four months ago. Mm. That's how long the wait list was. So then I got a reminder yesterday and it was like, your time is now, tomorrow, <laughs> at noon. And I was like, oh my God, what? <laughs> and then I was like, oh my God, maybe we could even talk about this. I was like, oh my gosh, I I don't know if I want to go. Like, I feel very like trusting with the process right now and in my life. Like whatever's going to happen, I feel good about. So is the psychic going to give me bad news like what's gonna happen and then i got a little hesitant at first i was like i i don't know yeah i have mixed emotions about psychics Mm -hmm. because on one hand i'm like yeah it's very helpful i've 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 talked to a couple over the years and and they've always been pretty dead on right but then also there's that part of me that's like what sort of spirit world are you tapping into right now like i don't know if i trust it yeah but also like yeah i kind of believe it so Make the decision that's best for you. You waited four months for it. Why not go? I want to know what they say to you. I know. I do, too. My friend went, actually, who suggested it. And she was like, she didn't say anything bad. Oh, my God. Okay. But I'll give you a sign. I'll tell you what happened. So, yesterday, I was in my feelings because that's who we are as human beings. Mm. And so, I said this little, like, prayer to my grandma. And I was also hesitant about the psychic. And I was like, hey, Grandma, like, <clears throat> if you're listening, just, like, send me a little sign because I'm, like, going through it t- today. And uh, I don't know. I feel, like, nervous about the psychic. I go home. I'm minding my own business. I'm looking up photos of me and my grandma because I need it for this project. On the television, Amazing Grace starts playing. Were you listening to the 700 Club? Like, what were you watching? I was watching Dead to Me on Netflix. Oh. It was, like, random. Wait, Dead to Me with Christina Applegate? Yes. It's so good. It's so good. The Amazing Grace started playing. And Mm. if you guys don't know this, Amazing Grace was the only song my grandma wanted me to sing at her funeral for, like, 30 years. 
And I did, so it's like our thing. Grandmas love that song. Why do grandmas love that song? That was my grandma's favorite song, too. Was it? Yes. Every Everybody from that entire generation wants that at their funeral. I not mean, to take away your moment. I mean, no, that was very not special. not at all. <laughs> I think it was my grandma's, grandma's favorite song, love too. It. Yeah. My grandpa loved When the Saints Go Marching In. That's what they played at his funeral. <laughs> it was intense. Let me tell you, it was a lot. Not when the Saints uh-huh. Go Marching In. So there's that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, whether you go or don't go. Uh, I want to know about I'm tomorrow. Going, I'm going, okay, I'm great. going, I'm going. I can't wait to hear about it tomorrow. Uh, we have a great show coming up for you today. We've got Dr. Erica Anderson joining us a little bit later on for Therapy Thursday. She's actually a trans therapist uh, and talks about uh, how to support trans children and also some of the trends she's seen. Uh, her thoughts might surprise you just a bit, uh, but we're going to talk to her today for Therapy Thursdays. Right now, though, it's time for News on the Beat. What do you got? Okay, well, Kentucky's legislator voted to override Governor Andy Bashir's veto of a bill that would prohibit transgender girls and women from playing on female sports teams, making the state the sixth to enact such a law this year and the 15th to date. Bashir, a Democrat, vetoed the bill last week, saying it most likely violates the Constitution because it discriminates against transgender children. Proponents contended that the measure was necessary to protect the rights of cisgender girls and women in school sports. The override passed the Senate in a 29 to 8 and the House in a 72 to 23 vote. The law takes effect immediately. This is a huge win for the integrity of women's sports. And with the inevitable enactment of Senate Bill 83 into law, Republican State Senator Robbie Mills, one of the bill's co-sponsors, told reporters after the vote, Kentucky is a leading voice for female athletes across the nation. The Kentucky General Assembly stands in support of female athletes everywhere as they work hard to achieve their goals and dreams. In January, the NCAA instituted a sport-by-sport policy for transgender athletes, allowing each sport's national governing body to determine its own roles. The International Olympic Committee adopted similar guidelines last year. Now let's get into a little weather. A high of 82 in New York, 71 in L.A., 78 in Vegas, 86 in Palm Springs, a high of 56 in San Francisco, 86 in Cathedral City, and 86 in La Quinta. Now give us a vibe of the day. The rung of a ladder was never meant to rest upon, but only to hold a man's foot long enough to enable him to put the other somewhat higher. Listen, life's a journey. If you're climbing that ladder, take a breather every now and then. It's okay. Yes. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. It's time for our first round of What's Poppin'. Michaela, what do you have for us? Okay, this is just a very weird story. Now, everybody's anticipating keeping up with the Kardashians coming back on Hulu today. Even if you're not a fan of the Kardashians, it's everywhere. I mean, there are Bilbo billboards and posters. And Bilbos. And Bilbos. Bilbo Baggins from The <laughs> Hobbit. So good. Yes. <laughs> uh, but also, it's answering a lot of questions that honestly we've had. Like, is Chloe and, uh, or is Courtney and Travis really in love? What's really happening with Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian and Kanye West? But one question that's sort of been in the social media vein is that did Chloe Kardashian, uh, did she Photoshop True, her daughter, in a photo like three months ago to be at Disneyland with Kim's daughter? It was like the oddest thing, but this woman that like follows them like crazy was like, Look at this photo. This is not real. True has been photoshopped to look like she was with Kim Kardashian's daughter. And it's so weird. 
Well, Khloe Kardashian was forced to admit Tuesday that she did, in fact, Photoshop her daughter into old Disneyland pictures after she accidentally shared that True's first time going to the park was this week in honor of her fourth birthday. She said, well, I effed this one up. Anyways, let's focus on something else. Our show airs in a few days. Now, it's still not been made to why she would Photoshop her daughter into this Disneyland photo. So apparently it was Stormy, uh, Kylie's baby, and then the youngest baby of Kim's. And they just put True's face over Stormy's face. And then Kim Kardashian posted it. It's it's such an odd, I don't know what the point was. And we're still not getting answers on that. She just said, yeah, I, I did. I got caught. What? Yeah, that's weird, right? That's so weird. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I understand I, that they're very manufactured and nobody wants to miss out on things, but like, why? <laughs> I literally don't know either. And I think that, I don't know. Khloe Kardashian apparently was in couples therapy with Tristan Thompson when that news broke that they were, uh, that he cheated on, on her again and got another woman pregnant. They were like deep in therapy, which we find out during the season. So I don't know if maybe she posted a photo of True to make him feel a type of way because it was around the same time. I don't know if she did it. I, I, no idea. But that's such an odd thing to do. Bringing your children in and photoshopping them, I think, is a no-no. Yeah, what? Yeah. I so, just, I, this is a I'm not usually speechless, but I don't know what yeah, to even say nothing to say. All right, coming up, our trans kids coming out as trans because of the representation we are seeing and they feel comfortable or is it just a new trend we discuss in Therapy Thursday in the next hour? The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. Coming up this hour, it is Therapy Thursday, and we're asking the question, are children coming out as trans because the world is becoming more accepting accepting or um, is it simply a trend is that even possible well trans psychologist dr erica anderson is joining us to share her expertise of four decades and what she thinks about young children coming out as trans uh, how it might surprise you we're having that conversation in therapy thursdays coming up in 15 minutes from now Currently, though, it's time for news on the beat. Michaela, what do you have for us? All right. Well, Tennessee Republicans are escalating their war on transgender youth, transphobic, by voting on a bill that would defund any schools that support trans students. The bill would withhold money from any districts that don't ban trans students from participating in school sports on the teams matching their gender identities. The bill was sponsored by Republican State Representative Joey Hensley, an author of numerous past anti-LGBTQ bills. The state Senate passed SB 1861 on Monday, and it now heads to the vote to the House for a vote. Hensley admitted that he's neither spoken to any trans students nor knows of any state schools that have allowed trans athletes to compete. We've seen it happening in other states, Hensley said in a recent floor speech, according to Vice News. I don't know of a personal example in Tennessee, but we don't want it to happen in Tennessee and our female athletes to have unfair competition. While supporters of anti-trans sports bills claim to want to protect female athletes, numerous trans athletes have pointed out that Republican legislators who support these bills have done nothing else to secure increased funding or fight the institutional sexism that actually discourages cisgender female athletes from competing in sports. All right, another news, the U.S. Air Force is offering assistance to service members and their families who are affected by anti-LGBTQ laws in states where they're based. The assistance includes medical and legal resources in addition to help 
with relocation if needed, according to a press release from the Department of the Air Force. It is available to members of the Air Force and the Space Force. The department is the only branch of the armed forces to make such an announcement. If stands, it does help families in a variety of states, including Florida, which recently enacted an infamous don't say gay law restricting school curriculum, Alabama, which has made it a felony to provide gender affirming care to minors, and Texas, where the governor has ordered that parents who support their children's gender transition be investigated for child abuse, although the order is temporarily on hold because of a lawsuit. Several other states have passed or are considering anti-LGBTQ plus legislation, such as bans on trans youth's participation in school sports under their gender identity. We're going to have a very interesting conversation coming up this hour for Therapy Thursdays uh, with a trans therapist. Uh, we can ask her some of these questions as well. She's got four decades of experience um, and her thoughts on this might might be a little surprising to some. Uh, also, just yesterday, we had LZ Granderson on the show from ABC News and talked about the fact that there have been over 240 um, uh, legislative uh, attempts to take away rights from our community just in 2022 alone. And it's April. Yeah. Like we're midway through April. Yeah. So if you don't think our community is under attack, uh, you're not paying attention. Yeah. I think it's been, it's been really tough, I think, for our community as well, though, because, you know, there was a moment where like Ukraine and Russia was the only thing that people were talking about. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, uh, you know, all of these things sort of happened while the bill was being passed. Yeah. And then we kind of like lost a little steam because... You know, once it's passed, you're like, well, what do I do now? Well, here's the thing. Our community is empathetic. We pay attention to people who who need help. And sometimes that's a good thing. It's always a good thing. But sometimes that means that we forget to look after ourselves. We always put other people first. It's who we are. We were raised that way because we had to, to be safe and, and to fit into society, right? And But another thing I know about our community is that we are fierce and that we fight hard. And if if... One of us is hurting, all of us are hurting. Yeah. And we're deeply empathetic and we feel that. So I do believe that this sort of dark season that we're in right now is temporary, but it's only temporary if all of us keep fighting for every every single letter in our LGBTQIA plus. Yeah. Right? Um, and we can't leave people behind. Because it's nice. Like listen, as a as a as a cis white gay man, it's great that I'm allowed to get married. But also my wedding is coming up in a couple of months and I've not had a lot of joy planning it because every single day I come into this job and and I love it and I'm proud to be here but every single day we have to report on trauma against our community about hatred towards our community from people who don't even know us happy and and I just want to be happy and get married and find some joy and I'm marrying you know somebody I've been with for 10 years and he's the love of my life but I can't even celebrate that because politicians across the country are attacking us every single day my own sister's not even coming to my wedding because of religious beliefs that all of a sudden came about later in her life and you know the story but it's it's and my story is one of a gajillion (laughs) like so many queer people have experienced this in so many different ways yeah so it's important that we keep having these conversations we keep fighting absolutely all right let's get into weather 86 in la quinta 86 in cathedral city 56 in san francisco 86 in palm springs 79 in vegas 71 in la and a high of 81 in new york it's hot in new york today hotter than in la okay give us a vibe of the the rung of a ladder was never meant to rest upon but only to hold a man's foot long enough to enable him to put the other somewhat higher take a breather every now and then it's okay but keep on going uh and go all the way out to the morongo casino resort and spa 
on Thursday, May 19th, because we're going to be there. Channel Q is presenting our second annual Divas in the Desert, starring the Tell It to My Heart diva, the one and only Taylor Dane, as well as Michaela Gordon performing music from her upcoming album, and Rosemary Galore and Friends performing all sorts of fun drag numbers for you. It's all to, to raise some money for the Desert AIDS Project and the Coachella Valley LGBTQ Center. Tickets are only 25 bucks. They're super affordable. Uh, so if you live in Palm Springs or Cathedral City or somewhere nearby, pop on into the Morongo uh, on May 19th, 7 to 10 p.m. <clears throat> or if you're heading into Palm Springs for the weekend, maybe come in a day early and hang out with us uh, from Channel Q. Head over to Ticketmaster.com to buy your tickets. They're 25 bucks. Even if you can't make it, buy a couple. It's for a good cause. Absolutely, honey. But also make it. We want to see you. Yeah, we do. Please. All right, coming up, are trans kids coming out as trans because of the representation we are seeing, or is it just a new trend? We are discussing in Therapy Thursdays next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. It's time for Therapy Thursdays, and we're joined now by a special guest, Dr. Erica Anderson, who's an accomplished clinical psychologist, academic administrator, healthcare executive, professor, and consultant uh, with a career spanning over four decades uh, in public health and clinical psychology, healthcare management. Uh, so we've got an expert with us today. So Dr. Eric Anderson, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you. Well, uh, you. Uh, we're glad to have you here because it's a conversation that's a bit nuanced and, and maybe a bit above our pay grade. Uh, but uh, in, in an article in the LA Times recently, uh, and here's the headline, I'll just read it. Clinical psychologist Eric Anderson has helped hundreds of teens transition, but she has also come to believe that some children identifying as trans are falling under the influence of their peers and social media. Now, you're a trans woman. Out and proud, I am. and and helping yep. young kids transition, and some people I think see this, see a headline like this, and they see, see, the kids are all doing it because it's trendy, mm-hmm. and then some other people are going to see this and be like, how dare she turn on her community? Uh, what's the actual story, and what do you want our listeners to know? So uh, thanks for uh, asking the question. As I say in the article, um, I get attacked from the far left and the far right. Because it would appear that people are taking fixed positions and they don't particularly want to have a nuanced conversation such as I think you would you would want to have. And so uh, the opportunity for misunderstanding is huge in this area. People come at it from many different points of view and there's no unanimity about it. But what I'm trying to do is uh, is. Uh, deepen the conversation 
so that every child uh, can feel loved and accepted and that everyone should get what they need. Mm. Well, Dr. Erica, I want to ask you, I I understand that it could be trendy, uh, but a position that I take is that as opposed to being trendy, maybe it's about visibility and representation. You know, the more that we see ourselves in public, the more comfortable we are coming out. And I feel like with this generation, I could see it being trendy, but it's also a humongous decision that when you see yourself, you feel a lot more comfortable. So could that be what it is? Well, several things are going on at the same time. I think we all celebrate the advances in LGBTQ acceptance and the fact that society is coming around to understand what we do, which is that there's no uh, psychological disorder present just by being uh, gay, lesbian, trans. Um, That's all great. And I've been part of that advance. I'd like to think that I've been um, a strong advocate of our community and the advance of of civil rights for all LGBTQ people. However, uh, what what is undeniable is that some numbers have changed and some things are are going on at the same time, particularly uh, during this period of the pandemic with social isolation and a huge reliance by young people, perhaps of necessity, on social media. And I'm not alone in in this concern. Uh, The Health Authority in Sweden and the National Academy of Medicine in France have essentially, in their public uh, statements, echoed my concerns about these uh, trends that are difficult to understand. And they're not just based, none of us think that they're just based on greater acceptance of, uh, in this case, specifically trans identity. Well, it's an interesting conversation. And <clears throat> sorry, I think oftentimes parents or, or people who have the best intentions, they want to be there for children. They want to. Like, I, I, I think that many of these lawmakers across the country right now are just hateful and ignorant. I do. But I think also, totally. I think that also, totally. some, I think some of them also are just ill-informed. They really do honestly believe that they are protecting our children right now and they're doing what's best for the children. And and so as an expert, how do you navigate that? How do you have a conversation with a parent who comes to you and says, hey, my child is six, seven, eight years old and believes they're trans? Like, how do you how do you advise? Well, first of all, I, I, I cannot say uh, strongly enough, one size does not fit all. So I particularly, given my background and training, I want to understand the particulars in the case of every individual child and family. So, and, and it's a time-honored approach in medicine and psychology to do an evaluation, to try to understand what's going on with this particular child in, in this particular family. And, and, and uh, I do a lot of information gathering, and I do a lot of listening. I do ask a lot of questions after I get started with somebody, uh, both of uh, the kids and of the parents. And what I'm eager to do is foster an open dialogue of, of uh, ex- an exchange so that we can talk about all the important things. We can talk about the, the ideas and uh, 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 self-perceptions of, of kids, and we can talk about the fears and concerns of parents. Both need to be addressed. One of my concerns, uh, which is, and I'm actually criticized for this, is that 
uh, I think that we need to drive the discussion towards consensus. What can we determine is true about an individual, particularly an individual child? And then that's the basis for us to talk about what, what can we do going forward. Um, too often there, there's a, a sort of a battle set up. And when I'm concerned that a provider, a medical provider, a, a mental health provider, is thinking of themselves as uh, sort of trying to um, take the position of the child and and uh, overcome the objections of, of parents. I'm, I'm not sure that's a great place to start. Or, or for a, a teacher, for example, to feel like uh, this child's parents are, are non-accepting. There's a lot of assumptions about parents, and I have some experience dealing with parents, actually, many, many hundreds of parents over years. Most parents, as you say, AJ, they love their children. They want to do the best for their children. And so I, I, I'm, I'm aligning with them. I want to do the best for their child, too. You know, I think, Dr. Erica, that I think my parents went to the best for me, but they also just genuinely didn't know how. And I looked at my teachers and, and other people really to like advocate for me. And so I do think that it's a slippery slope sometimes because with parents wanting to make the best decision for their children, their children being so young, I mean, I, I don't know where I would be sort of without the other adults in my life. So how do you yeah. navigate that? So I, I, I my first point is uh, I, I want children to be able to talk to their parents. And I think many can, even if they're afraid. And of course, uh, many people in the LGBTQ community have uh, their own history of coming out. And in some cases, how treacherous it was. But we can't, uh, we can't let that uh, distract us and make us presume that all parents are not going to be receptive. I think more and more parents are, in fact, receptive to hearing the truth from their children. So that's, that's the first line. But as you say, uh, there, it's possible that uh, parents will not want to listen and, and be resistant. And that's the point at which uh, uh, a therapist or a teacher or a trusted adult can, can be an advocate for the child. I, I would say for, for kids who are trying to come to terms with a gender different than the sex that was assigned at birth and how their parents know them is, you know, try to engage your parents and invite them to, uh, to help you find your way to somebody who uh, can, can help you navigate this. That's so uh, and that, that could be a, that could be a, hopefully would be a psychologist or mental health therapist who is a gender specialist who's done this before with other kids and families. We don't want to have, we don't want to have ruptures. Mm. We want to have uh, we want to have listening. We want to have support. We know the research says that for gender variant kids, the best predictor of of a good outcome for them is a supportive family. Mm. So I'm really devoted to that. Mm-mm-mm. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Erica Anderson, for calling and having this conversation with us, accomplished clinical psychologist, uh, and also dealing uh, with our, not dealing, I don't want to use that word. Dealing um, with us, we're a lot to deal with. Be, this, we're dealing with us uh, <laughs> and being so incredible for yeah, our community. We'll, we'll definitely have to have you back again at some point, because I feel like this is such a layered, layered yeah. conversation. And I, I think Michaela and I both appreciate that you're not just taking a hardline stance. Mm-hmm. You're actually using four decades of expertise to say, listen, there's a lot of things that can all be true and correct at the same time. 
thank you for having me, and it'd be my pleasure to come back and talk some more. Amazing. All right, coming up, imagine living in a world where parents are afraid of unicorns and rainbows. Find out what one school is doing about it coming up next. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. If you missed our last conversation, head over to wearechannelq.com and download the Odyssey app. Uh, because we had a really fantastic conversation with a trans therapist for Therapy Thursdays on on children uh, coming out as trans at a young age now. Is it a trend, as some suggest? Is that problematic to even think that? Uh, she shares her 40 years of experience. Uh, so definitely listen to that conversation. I'm sure you'll have some thoughts. Uh, this is interesting. LGBTQ Nation just did an article on school bands, uh, a unicorn book, because it could be promoting the gay lifestyle. It said it's okay to be a unicorn is the name of the book. It's not about queer people at all, but the message is about being yourself. That and the rainbow on the cover were enough to cause a panic in one school district. Now, and where is this? Uh, Ohio, of course. Of course. Mm -hmm, My home state. Um, Now just rainbows are problematic? Unicorns are also scary? Yeah, no, you should just not be yourself. What are conservatives so afraid of? Like, What are they afraid of, actually? I don't know. I feel like they... I feel like they just are so dense in the fact that like, and I just always go back to this. It's like, don't show, be yourself, but don't totally be yourself if it isn't aligned with what we agree with. And it's like, we'll give you Rapunzel and Snow White and we'll give you the Prince Charming um, coming to protect and kiss the princess or Ariel. And like, that's not sexual to them, but like a rainbow is it just it's just very much on their terms well it's interesting because the author of this book uh, jason tharp uh the reason he wrote the book said that he had a brain tumor um and it wasn't until the brain tumor that he realized the level of like self-negativity that he felt as a kid right he reflected on his life so he wrote a book encouraging kids to do what he did which was express kindness to himself and others and to develop the talents that make them most unique which for him was drawing, right? So he went through a pretty life-altering experience that made him see the world differently and said, the thing that I want, the thing that I need to get through this scary, tragic, like potentially like life-ending situation is more kindness. Yeah. So I'm going to give people the thing that I want, right? The golden rule. Isn't that what we were all raised on? Treat others how you want to be treated? Isn't that the most basic thing that we teach well, children? It's so crazy, too, because in such a relatable way, like, they say when you're going through it, help somebody else. And honestly, like, even when I was going through it in 2020, I all I wanted, I didn't know what else to do. I was, like, so desperate to feel better. And so even just trying to be nicer and then putting that into my, like, my life, it just makes me feel so good. Like just being a kind human being makes you feel better. It's like the magical recipe. And to use a rainbow, my niece sends me rainbows all the time. She's five years old. She has no idea that me and her Zia Lisa, like that stands for being lesbians. Like she just likes it. She likes when it rains and the rainbow comes out. Like she's just a little girl. I just, I. Uh, yeah, there's just nothing to say. Like how, do you, how do you even have these conversations anymore? I'm curious. I hear that. As a straight woman, Vanessa, hop on the mic. Like, what are your thoughts on this? When you hear these stories and you find these stories for us to have conversations about, what do you think? Well, when I saw this story, I was like, 
Uh, this is ridiculous. It's literally just a unicorn. Like, I'm sure when these people that hate this book when they were little, they would watch probably, like, a show that had a rainbow, a unicorn. Like, of course. It's a fantasy. What about Care Bears? Yeah. I mean, like, Care, Care Bears was, like, the best cartoon, mm-hmm. and it was all about rainbows. So, the reason I chose it is, like, this has nothing to do with the LGBTQ community. At all. What is it that makes you so scared about color? Yeah, yeah, right? I used to watch, okay, so I am very gay, but, and a lot of gay men will be able to relate to this, but I grew up watching Rainbow Bright. This was a little girl with a bright yellow blonde hair and a big ponytail, and she was wearing a rainbow-colored little, like, superhero outfit. Yeah, she was like a little brave babe. And she rode, like, unicorns or horses or something through, like, the sky. Yeah. That's what I, but I I guess I did turn out gay, so maybe I'm proving their point. No, so what I'm showing here is, like, the ridiculousness. Like, at this point, you're just complaining about colors. Yeah. And and that's it. (laughs) that, That is actually a good point, because in some way, stories like this should make us as queer people feel better. Yeah. Because we're like, it has nothing to do with us. Totally. They're idiots. They're so afraid of everything. And we're just the thing they're afraid of right now. They couldn't be more off base. It's not anything that you or I or any other queer person in the world did. They're just morons. Yeah. Like some people are just flat out idiots. And I'm going to tell you, like, I'll be real honest. I grew up in the state of Ohio. Lovely people there. A lot of idiots too. Like where I grew up in particular, the town I grew up in, these people are just so just backwards yeah. and their mentality is so full of hatred and judgment and, and that's the reality in a lot of small towns across the country well I'm going to give a final thought here and you guys can go with it I, I think that rainbows and unicorns signify gay and yes, we should good. ban them great awesome <laughs> ban them gay good morning beat channel Q Right now, it's time for another round of What's Poppin'. Michaela, what do you have for us? Okay, well, what I have for us is a possibility for me to date Angelica Ross. And I never thought that would happen. I mean, like, me and Lisa are always going to be together forever. I'm just saying that Angelica Ross is opening up in a big way. And besides having a huge crush on me, she's saying... Never said that. She's saying she is dating somebody... And it just so happens to be another woman. And I think it's like kind of iconic. She was with her ex, uh, her fiance, for about eight years. Um, it was. She says he was a gorgeous Italian man. They really got along. But she uh, was in the closet with him. He didn't want anybody to know that he was with a trans woman. Mm. And that was very difficult for her. And she ended up having to split up with him. And found comfort in the arms of another woman. And she said uh, that she loves it. And she actually doesn't see the need for men uh, ever again. Like, she's she's happy where she's at with this woman. And um, I think it's great. I think it's interesting. I think it's um, something that I didn't ever think would happen for Angelica Ross. Because I just thought that she was, like, strictly... You never know, like, with trans women well, or trans interesting? men. it's interesting? Because, yeah, we do all make... I think we make the assumption, oftentimes... That with trans folks, that you're also probably either gay or straight. Like we, we we attach something, like to gender identity and sexuality. We like we like pair them up in our brains oftentimes, and we just, oh this this person must be into this type of person, which makes zero sense at all. But I think we all kind of do it. I think I just assumed that she dated men. Yeah, and that was that. Like I, I don't think I ever really thought about it, but I think that's probably the assumption that I, the label that I placed on her. Yeah. Like a tra- her transness, I've never even considered her anything other than a woman. Right? right. That's just a given. 
But then I guess in my brain, still, based on the sort of way that we're all raised and indoctrinated, I'm like, oh, she must be dating men. Well, and I feel like, to be <laughs> fair, the trans women I know are into men. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not, they don't want to be with cis women. So I guess it just wasn't an idea. But she did this incredible conference uh, for women a couple of years ago. And she's such a strong voice and such an activist for trans and cis women, just mm-hmm. in business. In tech. And, and yeah. in tech. Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel like it would make sense for her and be very on brand that she um, would be with another woman. They probably share the same brain. I think there's <clears throat> got to be something so freeing about if you can get to that healthy place and she's obviously you know worked really hard and and has a certain level of privilege just because of her beauty and she's talked about that with us her beauty and her success in hollywood but there's got to be something beautiful and freeing about living fully in your transness because i feel like that's a pretty big jump for most people to wrap their brains around and if you can get to a healthy place as a trans person i feel like you can like literally the world is your oyster. Yes. Anything is possible. So to 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 make assumptions about who she may or may not be into sexually is that shows our limitations, not hers. Because she's already like, I'm living my best life. Totally. So cool. Mm-hmm. I love that. All right, coming up in the next hour is old school homophobia back. Why anti-LGBTQ laws and accusations of grooming children children seem to be everywhere now. We'll discuss next. Channel My love for you isn't new, Michaela. It's old. It goes back 15 years, just so you know. Love that. Do you? Yeah. I love your high pony. Love you. Off air just a moment ago, I was asking Michaela about her hair, uh, what she plans on doing for my wedding in a few months or a couple months or whenever it is. I'm not telling you just yet. Um, and I brought it up a week or so ago, and she said, absolutely not. I'm not going to give you the hairstyle you want. And now today, she says, maybe I will. So I think we're making progress. We are making pro- Listen, that's kind of my style. I'll go like this. No. And then I'll go home, and I'll go, fine. It has to be your idea. It, has it doesn't to be have to be my idea. It's Here's the problem. I think I look prettier with my hair down. Then I think about photos, and I'm like, I want to have my hair down for the photos because I look prettier. But then, he was my best friend. You're like, I want it up. I want to give you what you want. You deserve it. It's your birthday. So I'm willing to look it's like not, a pig. It's not my birthday. I mean, not your birthday. my wedding. So I only have one of those. I guess I can't. I haven't grasped well, I the want fact it, that you're getting married yet. I want it up. Yeah, same. I want it up and down. I'm going to give it to you. Best of both worlds. I literally know exactly what you want. I'm going to send you, you have, a photo yeah, of my hair like Yeah, you have the like most, most lush, gorgeous hair on my side of the wedding. Like, you've got like the hair <laughs> vibes. My okay. entire wedding party is gorgeous, but you've got I'm like the one. thick, thick hair. She's that, you're not the prettiest. Don't ever one. say that ever again. She's She's my sister's in my wedding party. <laughs> I'm just so kidding. Also, I'm totally kidding. I do it for my own ego and to annoy AJ. <laughs> but yeah, you are the prettiest. Um, Go off. Totally kidding. <laughs> don't ever. That's save it. That's this the segment. Clip. Don't ever send this to anyone. That's Vanessa, the segment. I'm looking at you right now. Nobody can ever hear this. <laughs> except for my brother-in-law Jerry, who's listening right now. Jerry, we're gonna get a text from Jerry after this. He's married to my other sister, so. I should probably stop talking. Let's just do a go into the article. Well, coming mm-hmm. up here in about 13 mm-hmm. minutes, we've got Red, White, and Q. Uh, why is old school homophobia back and stronger than ever? What's going on? Doesn't it feel like a lot of these these debates that we're having again about like our, our, our like who we are? We've already like, 
it's done and dusted. Like, yeah. we've settled these things, I thought. It so should why are, be. Why are we being attacked the same way we were 10 or 15 years ago? What's actually going on, America? We're going to be joined by a senior po- uh, politics reporter from Vox.com to have that conversation coming up in just a bit. Right now, though, it's time for News on the Beat. Take it away. All right. Well, there's a lot going on in the news. The U.S. Air Force is offering assistance to service members and their families who are affected by anti-LGBTQ laws in states where they're based. The assistance includes medical and legal resources in addition to help with relocation if needed. According to a press release from the Department of the Air Force, it is available to members of the Air Force and the Space Force. The department is the only branch of the armed forces to make such an announcement. It stands to help families in a variety of states, including Florida, which recently enacted an infamous Don't Say Gay law restricting school curriculum. Uh, Alabama, which has made it a felony to provide gender-affirming care to minors, and Texas, where the governor has ordered the parents who support their children's transgender children's gender transition be investigated for child abuse, although the order is temporarily on hold because of a lawsuit. Several other states have passed or are considering anti-LGBTQ legislation, such as bans on trans youth's participation in schools' sports under their gender identity. Good Lord. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of 81 in New York, 72 in L.A., 79 in Vegas, 86 in Palm Springs, a high of 86 in Cathedral City, and 86 in La Quinta. Now give us a vibe of the day. The rung of a ladder was never meant to rest upon, but only to hold a man's foot long enough to enable him to put the other somewhat higher. Life is difficult. It can be hard. Take a breather every now and then. You got this. Also, want to give a shout out to one of our listeners in Palm Springs, Peter Doubt. He just texted me. He said, I'm listening to you right now. Love it. Uh, he's a good friend of mine who moved out there. Uh, he's a news anchor. Used to be here in Los Angeles. Wait, that's so cute. He's won you some just Emmys. Him? Yeah, he's doing cool stuff out there in Palm Springs. So Someone thank you, Peter, for listening. I just put you on blast. Thanks, Peter. All right, coming up with Florida's Don't Say Gay Bill, is old school homophobia coming back? We're having that conversation and how it affects you next. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. I am American. Come on, Red, White, and Q. Come on, Red, White, and Q. By the way, did you see the All-Star lineup for All-Stars? All-Stars, RuPaul? Yes. All the winners coming back? Yes. Kind of a moment. Were you gagged? I'm totally gagged. Hear that. It just inspired me. I, I don't know. I, I can't imagine being the first out, though. That's my. If you won your season and you're going to be first out on RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars, that's, that's weird to me. I can't imagine that. Yeah. But that music made me think of it. I wanted to give it a shout out really quickly here. And I'm glad um, you did. Because we're talking about something that's really frustrating. And I think it's something a lot of us can relate to. It feels like old school homophobia is back. Uh, and stronger than ever in some ways, oddly. A lot of these battles that we feel like we put to, you know, put to bed 10, 20 years ago are rearing their ugly heads again. And uh, a writer for Vox.com, actually, Christian Paz, uh, wrote this article about this exact topic. And they join us right now. Christian, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks so much uh, for having me. So what's going on? This word grooming, we're seeing all over the place. We have conversations about it constantly. And somehow, once again, when it felt like we were being accepted by the majority of Americans, now we're considered dangerous once again. What, What is your take? Yeah, definitely. So I delve into this in this piece that I wrote um, because it does feel like these accusations are are kind of running rampant across social media. We also see stories of, um, you know, regular LGBTQ folks who are suddenly, you know, 
in like real life dealing with some of these uh, very, very homophobic and bigoted attacks themselves. Um, but we're seeing this a lot. It's, it, I describe it as a sort of a feedback loop um, because some of this has always been there and there has been a subset of Americans who, you know, while there has been progress on greater acceptance of LGBTQ people, um, there is a subset of folks who just, you know, may never be able to be reached. And a lot of them live in, you know, regions and states, you know, parts of the country that um, make them very ripe for, um, you know, ripe targets for very conservative or extremist uh, politicians, uh, folks in media, um, and activists. And we saw a lot of this pop back up because of Florida specifically, and don't say gay, but the, the bill that Governor DeSantis signed into law that really focuses on sexual orientation or gender identity conversations that happen in public schools. And, you know, I call this an echo of the Texas abortion law case where um, it doesn't deputize, it deputizes parents and individuals as kind of the watchdogs and the people who will be on the lookout for how teachers discuss sexual orientation or gender identity in schools. It's very specific and couched in the language of, you know, parents' rights and, um, you know, what grades are, are age-appropriate conversations being held um, in. But this kind of feeds into this larger narrative among a lot of conservative activists and uh, and politicians who saw some success or felt that there was success in going after critical race theory last year and are, are using the same strategy um, to focus on gender identity and sexual orientation, um, you know, hiding behind the, the mask of, um, you know, sexual acts being things that shouldn't be discussed in school. Um, so kind of the old school sexual education, culture war. Um, but now it's being advanced in a way that drives back to uh, rejecting not just conversations around trans people, around gender identity, but going even further back and attacking just plain old, you know, LGBT identity. Um, just our like yeah, just our thought. just our basic existence. Yeah, like not yeah, even yeah. we're not we're not even we're not even diving into like uh, trans athletes in schools. We're not diving into like mm-hmm. more controversial topics. It's just can we exist and are we dangerous? Well, <laughs> also I have a question that just came to my mind. And Christian, let me know what you mm-hmm. think. But like we can take teaching sexual education out of schools or do all these things that people want to do. I actually know a lesbian couple who are very conservative and agree with all the decisions that Ron DeSantis has made, which is infuriating, but it is what it is. But I will say when I was in third grade, I was about eight or nine and I very much remember having a crush. That's when I started developing crushes. And I think that's around the time. So are we saying that like, if you have a crush, what happens if it happens to be the same sex is if it, if it's a little boy like are we just saying like no like these conversations you, you have tell, you to tell have. the parents now you tell your you tell parents them. no you go you tell t- I mean, yeah you tell on them yeah and then is this the room for parents to be like we're not discussing it or like Ron DeSantis he's like I don't care about gay people I just don't think you should have the conversation with third graders and it's like well you're gonna have to buddy people have conversations yeah, we exist. about this mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and it does. This is what a lot of the advocates and activists that I spoke to for this story told me. Um, the big fear being the chilling effect that happens with um, there's a lot of variation in how these laws and proposals in different states um, try to get at it. Some, like Tennessee, I pointed out in the story, 
they're being very, very outright and direct that they're going to try to ban books, material, curriculum that deals with, you know, has any LGBTQ characters, historical figures, people that are just in those. That's pretty direct. There are some, like Florida's, which is a little, like you're alluding to this, uses uh, the phrase as like age appropriate or, and then later on in the, in the law has some requirements for school administrative officials, which, you know, these activists and advocates point to me, this includes like school counselors. This includes, you know, f- you know, parental figures within schools who um, maybe a student feels comfortable telling, like, you know, I have, you know, this is something that I'm reckoning with and I don't feel comfortable telling my parents yet. Um, and they point that that chilling effect will extend to those kinds of casual conversations, like what you're pointing to, like, somebody uh, coming, you know, identifying uh, something about themselves that, you know, they might not necessarily want to tell their parents directly about, or if they do, and the parent wants to talk about it in a school setting, you know, on the school side, they might not want to have those conversations because it opens them up to legal liability and lawsuits if, for some reason, another parent hears about something like this happening. Mm. It's just odd because if you think about Valentine's Day, again, just for me, we used to get Valentine's Day cards and I would give it to whomever I wanted and crushes would give it to me. We were in the first and second grade. So if you still have the parent, if you still as a little kid go to the parent and you tell them I have a crush on Lisa and then the Lisa gives me a Valentine and the other little kids are asking because they're going to because they're weird little kids with these big brains that want to know things like the conversation like you, you you don't not have the conversation. So I just I don't know what Ron DeSantis expects because it's going to happen whether you teach the curriculum or not. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah. And uh, and then the question becomes, are you are you going to be teaching these little kids to just not talk about these things those conversations will just will either happen in a different way but um but yeah this is part of the 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 whole point of the vagueness um of of these some of these bills and i i I, when i shared the story on social media i said you know the vagueness is part of the point because it opens folks up to you know, fear of legal prosecution, but it also shows that there is a level of desperation in the way that, you know, folks um, on the extreme right um, are, are kind of flailing and re- like resorting to this kind of an attack because of um, the, the very, very you know, steady growth of acceptance of LGBTQ folks year over year, and especially something that has picked up tremendously since 2015 when marriage equality was, uh, was a, you know, became you know, nationalized. Um, but yeah, there, there's a, this, this very tenuous sense of, you know, there are opportunities for conservatives, social conservatives to make advances and vict- have victories in courts and in legislatures and the legal context. But on the cultural level, um, a lot of my reporting led me to the conclusion that, you know, there is a sense of desperation in the fact that there, you know, a lot of these organizations and politicians and media figures have resorted to this kind of extreme attack because on the culture war level, they've just lost so many of those battles. It's a a backlash. It gets them votes. It's it's fear mongering. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. Christian Paz, thank you so much for joining us in your politics reporter for Vox.com. Hopefully we'll be able to talk to you soon. Thank you. Definitely. Thank you. All right. Coming up. Are you destroying friendships because of your partner? Are you a cringe couple? We'll tell you six reasons why you might be coming up next. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q.
All right, I think it might be time to put ourselves in check. Okay. Like, are we a cringe couple? Not you and I. I know you want. We are. We're adorable. You, know, you, you want to get with me? To be with us. I get it. But you and Lisa have been together almost seven years, and Mila and I have been together almost ten. Are we cringe? Because apparently, uh, Australian relationship coach Luann Ward has uh, some thoughts on couples etiquette that I had not necessarily considered. Some of these seem a little bit obvious to me, um, but some of them I really kind of caught me off guard. This one, though, she talks about things that you can do in your relationship that are bad news, especially if you're doing these things publicly, because it's great to be in a relationship. It's great to be in love and be happy. Mm-hmm. But if your friends are single, it can be really ugly. Yes. For them sometimes. Because who wants to be around just a happy couple all the time who brags about everything? So this one, she calls it the put down. The first mistake you can make in a couple that Big might make one. you cringeworthy. I used to be guilty of this one. Putting your partner down or maybe making a cutting joke about your partner in front of a group of friends. Mm. And even if you and your partner both laugh at the joke and you're both in on the joke, it still can make your friends so uncomfortable that it's poor etiquette. Here's an example. So I used to always say... Um, that when we first met, I wasn't really into a meal. I was really into him. Like, I was like, that's not harmful. Like, whatever. He was, like, closeted. He was kind of goofy looking. He wore a lot of brown. Like, he wasn't that attractive. Like, he was pretty... He was, like, he was a shy kid when I first met him. And he and I have talked about that, and he used to kind of be okay with that. And then we talked about it. We came up at brunch one time with our girlfriends after after church, and they all clocked me. They're like, don't say that. That's... Why would you say that? Uh-oh. I was like, no, no, it's okay. Like, he's, he's fine with it, right? And he's like... Yeah, yeah. And they're like, that's just why, don't put him down like that, though, because he might have been. I love different... that they said that, yeah, though. Yeah, they did. They, they checked me, and I was like, no, I don't I don't mean anything mean by it. I'm obsessed with him now. I'm so in love with him now. But they're like, no, but you've said that about him before. And I don't think it's healthy for you guys. And they're all single women. And he and I, like, I was kind of like defensive at first. Yeah. And then, this was like three years ago. And then we privately talked about it. And he's like, well, yeah, I think we are at a different place now. And I was that, but I'm not that anymore. And it sometimes makes me feel like, you put me down a little bit because you think you're older than me, you're more experienced than me, but I'm in this relationship too. So that's not necessarily the narrative I want to put out about us. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, okay. Yeah, you're right. Love that. And so like that's something we don't do anymore. It's I a love really that. good bit of advice. Um, okay, great advice. Another one is brag festing. I Uh-oh. think everyone wants to know that you're happy and you're good, but like It can be a lot. The confessions of love and adoration on social media are touching and have deep sentiment, which your single friends are supportive of, but the -the over-the-top recounts of flowers, talking, love notes, kissing, saying your life is wonderful. It's It's just too much. And I think that oftentimes people will find themselves in relationships saying, oh, well, we talk about that, and other people are just jealous of that. And I think it's like very important to humble yourself and be like, not jealous, annoyed it's too much Mm. also when you brag too much it feels like you're compensating for what's not there so it feels disingenuine so don't do that to your single friends like like have a little self-awareness they're single not to like not enjoy your relationship but enjoy it with your partner yeah we have moments every now and then where we get a little bit like proud of ourselves and we'll share stuff we actually had this conversation yesterday that we actually don't post nearly as much social media content as we probably should for our careers when we look at our other friends who are couples who are killing it and getting like big brand deals and all sorts of other stuff, but our decision was like it looks fake a lot. Like yeah, and, I don't post and, anything with me and Lisa yeah, ever. And and you post a couple things. You post Insta stories. Insta I do Insta stories. stories. I only yeah. have one hard post of me and Lisa because I don't. Uh, 
I don't. It seems inauthentic if you put it all the time. It's off. It's kind of off. People's opinions of me and Lisa are like off limits. Yeah. And also like, I don't need her for like her and I aren't in a partnership. Like my Instagram page is like yeah, you don't, for work. You don't do the same thing. My partner and I do the same thing for yes. work and we work together and yes. host a podcast together. So for us, we try to, but I've even said, I said this on our podcast, I think it comes out today. Uh, by the way, we've got Ian Paget on our podcast today. Confess your mask. Go iconic. check it out. He's iconic. Um, and we talked about he and his boyfriend went through a very, very public breakup uh, off of TikTok yeah. during the pandemic, like last this last year. And I said, for me, if we're not in a good space in our day-to-day life, sometimes we're having to, like, I don't want to post anything on social media. It feels so fake and so forced. I don't like it. Um, also, too much PDA. That's an obvious one. Yeah. Uh, or also public displays of anger. This is so uncomfortable. Is another one to look for. It's the worst. It's so uncomfortable. I remember Lisa and I got into a fight in front of one of my dearest friends, and this was like six years ago, and he was like totally uncomfortable. And to me, I was like, I'll fight with Lisa in front of anybody. Like, I don't feel embarrassed to fight with Lisa. Like, it's a very normal thing. I don't feel shame or weird. Mm. You know, all my friends are my family. They know. And he was like, no, it it made me uncomfortable. And I was like, I'm sorry. And for Lisa, it also makes Lisa uncomfortable because she doesn't want to fight anyway. And I'm a fighter by nature. Like, it doesn't matter to me. But then the friend might also have an opinion of your partner in a relationship that it's hard to get rid of. When you guys have made up, then that friend might still think. Lastly, I will say inappropriate flirting. Especially, it's a big especially one. I, I, I say gay men. I think lesbian women do it as well. But I think I know as a gay man, yeah, I this have. Is, this is something that I'm naturally a flirt. I just am. Yeah. And my partner and I had to really discuss like what level of that we're both okay with. Um, but don't disrespect your partner or your relationship by going out there and just flirting just for the sake of flirting. Yeah, a million percent. Just go to therapy so you can learn how to validate yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. It's that time again. It's that time again. Who wants to know what's popping? I do, and I'm going to tell you about it. Uh, Okay, this is a weird story, though. Jillian Anderson says Bill Clinton uh, hit on her. Like, it was, like, very intimate when she met him, and uh, she revealed this on uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live. uh, And we have the audio. Take a listen, and then we'll discuss. You know, at the end of his speech or whatever, we, you know, created a line for him to right. walk down the line and shake hands and we got to meet him. And mm-hmm. he did the most miraculous thing in the world. You know, that thing that he does where he shakes your hand and then he grabs your elbow at the same time. He, like, holds your arm further up. Yeah, right. Slightly intimate little thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He makes eye contact. He does. And he moves on to the next person. And then he looks back at you. Yeah. <laughs> I got all of that except for except for the look back. I did not experience look the look back. back. I went home. I thought this was in the days of answering machines. I literally thought that I was going to go home to a message from him. Okay, as Ooh. cute as she sounds, listen, ho. He was married. Girl, do not put Bill on blast like that. Like, because also, maybe that was an intimate way of shaking hands. But, like, to be like, I was expecting a voicemail after that. Were you from a married man after the Mm. Monica Lewinsky event? Were you, Jillian? Because that's concerning. Well, she's appearing on Showtime's The First Lady, so she's kind of like, but it's interesting that she's talking as just somebody. This is one thing that everyone will say. No, no, no. Republican, Democrat, anything in between. Anybody who's ever met Bill Clinton or seen him speak said the exact same thing about him. He has a a once in a lifetime charisma, even more so than Barack Obama. When Bill Clinton was in his. Does he? Yeah, when he was in his prime. Billy. Yeah, this is a guy who went on Arsenio Hall and played the saxophone. 
And he was like a oh, nobody. Oh, what? Yes. No. And, and, and that's when he skyrocketed in the polls, won the Democratic primary, and went on to win the presidency. You're lying. No, he was like a... Billy a, Clinton played yes. the sax on yes. Arsenio and Hall. He and he and Al Gore were like the young, like upstart, like Democrats from, you know, conservative states that were like, had a little Southern twang in their voice. Oh my God, I'm looking at so it. So if you look back, you look back at Monica Lewinsky, you look back at all the other, like Jennifer Flowers, like all the all the things that he was accused of and admitted to, he's got charisma for days. Dude, he's a musician. It all makes sense yes. now. That's why he's a Playboy ho too. Yes. Why does he have sunglasses on like the men in black watching Arsenio Hall? You've with never seen it? I, I have a I have it a whole new him, perspective. It made him, well, that's to this day, many people still call Bill Clinton America's first black president. Even <laughs> even after Barack Obama, there are still Stop. voters, black voters, who still call him America's first black president because he was so smooth and connected with audiences. He can connect with individuals. He makes you. Zam, there are Zaddy. people that are like that. There are people that make you feel like there's nobody else in the entire world. I will say, listen, one person who's like that, not in like a weird, creepy sort of way. Jeannie Mai. I'll never forget the first time I worked with her. I was like, wow. I feel like the most important person on the entire planet while you're with her. I love that. Oh, I love that. But my partner also worked with her and said, I felt like the most important person on the entire planet when I'm with her. She's got the charisma. Some people just have that thing. Yeah. They make you feel so special. And he's one of those people. That's amazing. He does it in a little more creepy way. Um, Jeannie does it in a way that just makes you feel special. I don't know. Billy, grab my elbow. I'm kind of open to it. Jillian? Sorry. Jillian Billy could have really been a thing, but it's not a thing. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. Uh, is TikTok fetishizing queer women? We're having this discussion coming up in just a bit. TikTok is wonderful and problematic in so many different ways. And you, as a as a TikTok influencer, Michaela, I know you have some thoughts. Um, Listen to me. I just want to make this very clear. The only reason I have a t- This is how deep my love is for a Jacobsonian. He said, I want you to go get a million TikTok followers. And I was like, that's what you want? I was trying to show him. I'm going to love him. I'm always going to be here. I'm going to do whatever he needs me to do. So I did. So, I went and got a million followers on TikTok. <laughs> you got 1.7. Um, now I've never been on it in four months. Never Don't got care. I literally, Vanessa, before you're even here, I'm writing a, I'm writing a sitcom, full transparency, with, with a writing partner who's so busy right now selling shows like it's crazy. But I have the sitcom idea I've had for years. And all of a sudden I'm like, wait, I think you'd be good for this. She's like, well, tell me about it. And I started telling her details. She goes, I've done that. That's my life. I've experienced that. I'm your muse. I'm like, well, I need you to be more famous. If I want to try to sell you to a network, I need you to be more famous. She goes, okay, what can I do? I'm like, TikTok's big. Go get, go get on TikTok. She got 1.7 million followers like a month. I'm like, what the, what the F? Like, who does that? I thought that would keep her like occupied and off my back for a year or two. Nope. Nope. That's how I love. Come back a month or two later. She's it. like, now what? I'm like, okay, well, I don't, I don't know what's next. So let me write this script. Listen, the love is deep, honey. The, the love, love is deep. Is deep. Uh, do you want to do some news on the beat? Not really. Yeah, well, I don't really want to listen to you, but uh, Fine. It's, your, it's your job. Great. Can't wait. Love to report sad news after having a nice laugh with you. Oh, here goes. Uh, Kentucky's legislature voted to override Governor Andy Bashir's veto for a bill that would prohibit transgender girls and women from playing on female sports teams, making the state the sixth to enact such a law this year and the 15th to date. Bashir, a Democrat, vetoed the bill last week, saying it most likely violates the Constitution because it discriminates against transgender children. Proponents contended that the measure was necessary to protect the rights of cisgender girls and women in school sports. The override passed the Senate in a 29 to 8 vote and the House in a 72 to 23 vote. 
The law takes effect immediately. This is a huge win for the integrity of women's sports and with the inevitable enactment of Senate Bill 83 into law, Republican State Senator Robbie Mills, one of the bill's co-sponsors, told reporters after the vote, Kentucky is a leading voice for female athletes across the nation. The Kentucky General Assembly stands in support of female athletes everywhere as they work hard to achieve their goals and dreams. In January, the NCAA instituted a sport-by-sport policy for transgender athletes, allowing each sport's national governing body to determine its own rules. The International Olympic Committee adopted similar guidelines last year. All right, let's get into some weather, baby. It's going to be 86 in La Quinta, 86 in Cathedral City, 73 in Hotlanta, 84 in Houston, 86 in Palm no, Springs. No, I no, know, nobody, I know, no, I knew you were going to say that. Only white people go <laughs> I know. <laughs> 78 in Vegas, 70 in LA, and 82 in New York, New York, darling. Now give us a vibe. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. Okay, so I'm opening my phone to get my vibe of the day because I keep it saved in my screen in my screenshots and yes. my photos. And the first thing that pops up is a photo of you with your hair. That's right, honey. That you sent me so you could show me an option for my wedding, how you could wear your hair. It's what you wanted. And it's what I wanted. You look very much like Khloe Kardashian. Do you That's want it like that or want. do you want it curly, some up, some down? A little curly, some up, some down. Mm-hmm, I know. I know what you want. Yep. Can read your mind, honey. You're singing at my wedding, so I want you to look look a certain yeah, way. Yeah, booked myself. You're also doing it the toast. Comedy routine. Don't tell anybody what you're doing, though. But the toast is a surprise. A soul. All right, here's your vibe of the day. The rung of a ladder was never meant to rest upon, but only to hold a man's foot long enough to enable him to put the other somewhat higher. Yeah, take a breather, get moving again. Okay. And then move on out to the Morongo Casino Resort and Spa on Thursday, May 19th from 7 to 10 p.m. Book a room or not. Just come out for a couple hours if you feel like it. If you're living in the Palm Springs area, join us because Channel Q presents our second annual Divas in the Desert. Starring the Tell It To My Heart Diva herself, the one and only Taylor Dane, my also, my diva, Michaela Gordon is performing music on her upcoming album. Rosemary Galore and friends are going to be performing some drag numbers throughout the night. It's all for a good cause. We're raising money for the Desert AIDS Project and the Coachella Valley LGBTQ Center. Tickets are only 25 bucks at Ticketmaster.com. Get them now. Bring your friends. Maybe stop in a night early on your way into Palm Springs for the weekend. Or if you live in the Coachella Valley, just pop on out to the Morongo and hang out with us. It's going to be a blast. A blast. Okay, coming up, New York Times... What? Oh my God, Michaela, stop. Say, say the words. I don't want it. What, what's happening next? TikTok? Well, yeah, TikTok. TikTok, is it fetishizing queer women? You know it, baby. You're reading my mind. <laughs> Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. All right, so TikTok can be great. TikTok can also be very problematic. Mm-hmm. TikTok is also something I don't fully understand. So, Michaela, <laughs> yes. what is this trend? Uh, there's a TikTok uh, trend called out it. for fetishizing queer women. Um... And what exactly is happening? I don't under, I don't fully understand this. So I'll explain the trend and I'll explain why it's so problematic. So there's a video of two girls and the caption is, we're best friends 99% of the time. Then they come in close and they kiss on the mouth. And the caption says, but that 1%. Uh-oh. So this is now trending. But queer women are livid and I am one of them. Uh, what we're upset about is that these queer women are fetishizing, I mean, these straight women are fetishizing queer women and also queer baiting for male attention. Mm. And my issue is I don't necessarily look like a stereotypical lesbian. And so when I used to go out to the clubs, 
women, lesbian women would think I was straight and they would not even give me the time of the day because they were like, no, you're a did, straight girl. Did you often ask for the time? Did you not have a phone or a watch or anything? I did. I, I did often find myself asking for the time. No one wanted to give it they to me. They wanted to give her the time of day. And she wanted to know, what time is it? I was just trying to know what yeah. time it was. It is 1.13 a.m. God. You must know. All I needed to know. <laughs> sorry, sorry. This is a very serious conversation. No, no, but that was good. Um, But they they would not date me because they thought I was a straight girl that was going to try to experiment and then go back to men. And it would be heartbreaking for lesbian women that often were experimented with. They'd fall in love with these women and the women would go be with straight men again. Also, it's so gross that... uh, that they're, they're they're wanting male attention because it also me and Lisa in our experience together have been approached by men in the past and they're like oh yeah want some of this too like want to add this in thinking that like it's a porn they're watching yeah and so it's just problematic for these straight women to be doing this yeah especially especially when queer people are targeted constantly there's a privi- yeah. there's a there's a lot of privilege in being a straight cis woman who's getting likes and clout off TikTok because of this it's interesting that the trend seems to have been started by a Russian TikToker on March 23rd. Were, were they not in war then? Did the war not start? I thought the war started at the end of March. Well, they needed something to do. I thought they weren't allowed to have TikTok. Maybe it was just Twitter that was taken away from the Russians. Yeah. Um, but uh, maybe you should have used your TikTok for something else. I don't know. But it's interesting because, and just to play Angel's Advocate then, on the other side of this, okay? I'm just going to ask a question and I get your honest thoughts. Yeah. So, if we want to get to a place where it doesn't matter what sexuality anybody is and anybody can love anyone. How do we get there when something like this is stirring up all sorts of emotions? Like how do, what what process do we have to get to get to that point where people are allowed to just make the choice to like if I want to be gay 1% of the time and also get social media love off of it, when would that become okay? Well, I think when we all have equality, when we all have Yeah, I I think that unfortunately for lesbian women, myself included, the experience has always been that this is done for male attention. Yeah. And it's not like they're like, we're gay 99% of the time, but that 1% we're so into each other and like this is how we do it and it's like a very genuine connection. I'm all for people hooking up and hooking up with whomever they want to. But when you're not careful, it leaves me in a situation at the Abbey with my girlfriend where we're getting approached by men and having sexual advances made on us that makes me feel unsafe. Mm. And so that's like the conversation, you know? And so it's not like you have to... And I'm not into snowflaking situations. I'm not into being like overly sensitive. But it's already really hard to be a woman in... uh, quote unquote man's world mm. with all the sexual advances and feeling safe just walking to my car then you add in another woman who happens to be my partner someone I'm in love with like it's not for anyone's attention like yeah. this is like my wife and then be felt unsafe so I think it's weird did you get married? to you just stop it's gonna happen soon less than 100 days out tell me something good all right, let's do it, Michaela. Shall we tell our listeners something good? Yes, baby. I've been watching this for a while. I've been keeping a track on this, uh, but it's finally happening here in Los Angeles. We're opening the world's largest wildlife bridge. 
uh, crossing over a busy, busy freeway. Wow. It will promote biodiversity and support the local mountain lion population. It's called the Wallace Annenberg Wildlife Crossing. Wallace Annenberg is also a theater in Beverly Hills. Uh, lots lots of money in, in that name right there. Um, but it's groundbreaking, completely historic, and opening on Earth Day, April 22nd, 2022. That's a lot of twos. Uh, it's going to be 35 miles northwest of downtown L.A., uh, and construction will begin on the world's largest wildlife crossing. Uh, it's, oh, it's going to go over the 10-lane 101 freeway, by the way. But 60% of the $90 million budget uh, is being paid for by private donations, and the rest will come from state funds. This is really cool because so many animals, you don't think about this all the time when you when cities continue to expand, and animals go to cross the highway, and either one, they're killed, or they no longer will cross so they're not breeding the same way. Yeah. Their living patterns have changed because humans take over an area. And we li- live in a pretty mountainous region. And mountain lions and things like that need to be able to, coyotes, they need to be able to roam. And we think that they're a nuisance sometimes because they get in our way, but like they were here first. Yeah. So I think it's really cool when, when a major city thinks about like the wildlife that way. It's pretty awesome. Totally. I read this article and it was like, how do we really know that particular animals are extinct? Like they could just absolutely be in hiding. We yeah, saw like in 2020 by... mm-hmm. that animals that we thought were extinct. Remember what, what was the story we reported? Um, well, I remember the dolphins coming back into the canals of Venice yeah, in Italy yes, because it yes. was finally clean yeah, because and there of was... pollution was taking a break. Totally. So, I mean, it's like they're just trying to live their lives as well yeah and uh, i love it well they were in a 20-year span there were 25 large cats like mountain lion cats killed on the freeways so i mean that's about a cat every year or so yeah and that's a big deal big deal all right this is also a very big deal for our san francisco listeners uh Alyssa nakin makes history as mlb's first female coach on the field during the Giants game, the Giants assistant coach took the field to coach first base during the San Francisco Giants game against the San Diego Padres. Uh, and it's a big deal. Nacken, who became the first woman to be hired to a full-time coaching role in the MLB in 2020, was called to first base from the batting cage in the third inning. Uh, Nacken replaced coach Anton Richardson after he was rejected and the team won 13 to two. 13 to two. Yeah. That's not a that's that's not a win. That's a that's a thumping. Slaughter. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, incredible. That, that's an aggressive choice. I know. I, I don't know why I did that. I did go ahead and say that. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel so proud of her. Uh, it's such a big deal. I love that um sports teams are really starting to look at women um as coaches. It's just amazing. Well, it's so funny because we've always looked at men as like, yeah, of course men can coach, even if they've never played a day in their life. Yeah. You could be a, a three hundred pound man and like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But a woman, that's weird. Why? Yeah. You don't have to be able to do it. You have to be able to coach it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? True. Most coaches weren't necessarily great players. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if a woman can run as fast as a man or hit a ball as far as a man. She can coach better than a man or as good as, at least. Yeah. I will say <clears throat> I joined this all-women's lesbian kickball team. Oh, God. Not and this again. It is again. It's happening again. And Lisa, we were getting coached. Our coach is really good. I like her. But Lisa kills it. Lisa's so good. And so Lisa like was about to get a home run and I was so excited. And I was like, come home, Lisa, come home, baby, come home. And then I was like, I'm her home. I'm going to go stand by the base. I'm going to be like the one to get her home. And then I got so excited. I was standing by the base that when she ran, I went to to hold her, to hug her. I was so excited. And they were like, Lisa, you got to touch the base. 
I was standing in the way and she couldn't step on the base. We almost didn't get the point. Why are you like this? I don't know. Why do you do this? Because I was her home. Because I'm her home. Is that when you hurt your knee? No, that was when I slide tackled third base. Okay. And it was on a foul ball. So Sounds it like a was productive no first game. Yeah, it was really good. We, we were really good. Okay, coming up, we've got three hours of really great music for you. Another great show for you tomorrow. It's Friday. And then uh, stick around for Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. And then, of course, Love Line with Dr. Chris Donahue. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 